Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Christopher Page. This is another episode of Just Some Guy Talking. So in the previous episode, we spoke about myths and how some people think that coronavirus, no matter how many reports we've seen and how many numbers we've received, how many people have spoken about it, that it is a myth. It's a hoax. There are people that are saying that, oh, well, the numbers are inflated. Not all those people died from coronavirus, etc., etc. I'm not really going to give life to all of those conspiracy theories, but I was drawing a parallel to the fact that people think that, I should say, a certain segment of the population sometimes believes that racism doesn't exist, or if it does, it doesn't exist to the height that it did before. Uh, police brutality is something that happens in instances few and far in between. And also that in those cases, when there is brutality, that there must have been something that the person did to cause such a visceral, violent reaction. Therefore, they're blaming the person that is being brutalized for the brutality. Besides the fact that I really thought that we had moved away from victim blaming and victim shaming, I feel that one of the ways to dispel a myth is to present truths that oppose that myth. I can tell you to your 92 until I am, as I say, blue in the face. Yes, racism still exists. Yes, it's still alive. I can tell you, yes, police brutality obviously still exists. And it's just that we have more cameras, more video phones, more ways to capture it. That's what's changed. But I want to give a face to this, so... I'm going to give you an example. So before I start that, I want to just mention that I've spoken to a number of people. And the number of people that have said what I'm about to mention to you is alarming. And what some of these people have mentioned is something along the lines, basically, that if someone was brutalized like this, that they deserved it, or they must have done something to cause that reaction but here's the more inflammatory part there's a belief among certain people that well if you weren't a criminal you weren't doing something wrong you wouldn't have had this interaction anyway so first let's run with that idea let's just say that You did something to make a policeman angry. When you decide to be a policeman, it's not supposed to be a policeman until you are upset. You're not supposed to respect people and protect and serve until they say something that bothers you. Part of your job is supposed to be keeping the peace, and that means with a crowd or with one person. 
You can ask me for my registration and not demean me. You can explain to me why you pulled me over. If you don't, then anyone is going to be angry. Anyone's going to be upset. Especially if I haven't done anything wrong. This is all conjecture, though, so I want to start giving some voice on the other side of the myth. So, I was reading somewhere recently where someone said that what about respect for the police? What about teaching parents to teach their kids better? So, I was raised very well. I have a great education. I come from a nuclear family. I have a large system of cousins and aunts and uncles. And on paper, great family background. Now, I was in California. When I lived in California, I would randomly be stopped by police as I was walking down the street and asked to present my identification. That is classic colonial behavior. Because what it does the first time, after the first time it happens to you, what it does, it instills a fear in you that there is going to be someone coming down to evaluate who you are and where you're at. Which is basically the same behavior as slave slaves. If that seems like a stretch, it's not. Because what it's telling you is that you are not welcome. You need to be doing something specific in the area that you're in so you can do it and leave because you are not supposed to be there. You are not welcome. Speaking of not welcome, one of the first times that I had an encounter with the police, I was driving in New Jersey and was driving back to, I'm sorry, I was driving to my job day off, I actually had forgotten something there, and I had the key, and I was, wasn't too far from my job, so I was bored, didn't have anything else to do, and I decided to take a drive, and the area that my job was in was an industrial park that required either taking the highway or taking a lot of back roads, so I took the back roads, and about 30 minutes away from my job, I see a policeman pull out and I believe I had just made a left turn, so I saw them come out of some parking lot. And for the next 20 minutes, he followed me. I know it was 20 minutes because I kept checking the time. My immediate thought was, they're just going the same way that I, want, that I am. So every change of speed, because, of course, unfortunately for me, and I think they thought fortunately for them, the road that I was going down had multiple speed limits. But, fortunately for me, it was my way to work, so I knew all of the speed limits. So I sped up when I was supposed to, I slowed down when I was supposed to. This policeman followed me and did not let anyone get in between us. Finally, he pulls me over in front of a school. I mention that because that's important to the story. I was indignant. I was 
tired, I was frustrated, I was enraged because I just didn't understand. I believe wasn't even thinking of racial or prejudicial moments because like I'm saying this is my first experience dealing with a policeman in any situation besides you know friends and family that might have been policemen or just knowing the policemen of a town I was in a different town which that should not have to matter but maybe it does nonetheless when I get pulled over and I asked him as he came to the window Again, with no explanation, I asked him why I'd been pulled over, and he tells me that my taillight was out, which I knew was incorrect, because the time of day, it wasn't the type of day it was. When he pulled behind me, I could see the reflection of my brake lights in his lights. So like, you know, if you think about it, like, I, I still have my foot on the pedal when he was walking up. So I could see, as I was looking through my rear view, rear view mirror, I happened to catch the glimpse of both of my brake lights. Now, so I was, I would say like at least 75% for sure that that was not the case. When I got out and checked it, it definitely was not the case. So, and I learned later that some, that when you were told it's a brake light, it's often because if you were to challenge that, the only way for you to challenge that would be for you to get out of the car. And if you got out of the car, then that's a moment that they can consider you as resisting or being belligerent. So even there, that's a setup for an uncomfortable situation. However, I just let it rock, I let myself seethe, and I do remember that after that I really asked why am I being stopped why were you following me and granted looking back now I realize that that could have been a very dangerous moment for me but his answer is what was damning to me to him he said to me we just want to make sure that the right people are in our town. The right people are in our town. He didn't say to me, I want to make sure that all the citizens in our town, including you, are okay and taken care of. He said, I want to make sure that the right people are in our town. So please tell me that you think that that situation is innocent. Why would you follow me for 20 minutes to determine that I then needed to be pulled over for a fake traffic, sorry, a fake tailgate break to ascertain if the right people are in your town? I want to add to this too, I spoke to a friend of mine was a person of color and who was a policeman who explained to me that and this is why I mentioned where I was pulled over that sometimes when a, 
policemen may think that you have drugs on you, or that you have some type of drag activity going on with you, that they will pull you over in a school zone because the fines for having drugs in a school zone are higher. Now this made me even more incensed when I learned that. Because not only are you just taking from the visual, now before someone, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, go back to that comment. Not only are you taking from the visual that I'm possibly a bad person, but you assumed that your thought was so correct that you wanted to cash in on that. So, let's just pursue this thought. Let's say that I were a bad person that had drugs with me, right? If I were a public threat, why would you not pull me over the minute you saw me? Why would you follow me through multiple speed limits on the same road until I passed that test and then there, when there wasn't anything else to test me, then you throw on your lights. So not only did he think I was a bad person, but he also gathered the idea that it was possible that I also had drugs on me. That's a simple situation. The interaction was short. The pursuit was long. I come from a great family. I have a great education. I did nothing to promote that except driving in a town where police believe that because of the way that I looked, I could be the wrong person in their town. The amazing thing is that I worked in that town. So if I am contributing to the gross local product, as it were, what am I? Am I not right to be in the town that I work in? Now true, my life wasn't necessarily threatened then, but any of these situations could have escalated. I held my tongue as much as I could, but it was demeaning, it was unnecessary, it was a waste of time, it was a waste of taxpayer time. So you spent nearly 30 minutes pursuing me, another 10 pulling me over and looking up my record and figuring out that I'm not quote unquote such a bad person. Those are 30 minutes that could have been devoted to something that was actually happening. Those are 30 minutes that he could have taken to develop a community relationship. To stop at a local park and just say hi to the kids. Tell them that they don't have to be afraid when they see him. That if they're afraid, they can go to him. But all it did was reinstill a feeling of fear. So that's just one example, and I'm actually going to bring some of my other 
experiences to like not only just the police brutality and police misuse of power, but incidences of racism and classism. The reason I want to do this is not to dwell on uncomfortable topics. It's really just to say, if you really ask people that have dealt with racism, it spans socioeconomic backgrounds, states, countries, with one thing in common. For some people, darker skin is an automatic indictment of evil. And that goes beyond anything that can be legislated. That goes into a problem in the heart. But quite honestly, we don't hire or maintain a police staff to be led by bad hearts. We need those staffs to be led by great minds and good hearts. People that care about the community. You don't have to love everybody. You don't have to go to everybody's culture month. You don't have to speak 7,000 languages. You just have to realize that there are good people, there are bad people, there are good people that do bad things, there are bad people that do good things. There are people in the middle that never do anything that's either good or bad. And if someone that does something bad, if they are at an escalated level of reaction, we need a force, and not even a force, a group of people that are going to de-escalate the situation and make sure that if someone does something wrong, they have the ability to be prosecuted for something if they do something wrong and prove themselves innocent if they are. We need people that are not going to take that space and that time and that ability away because what they've been taught or what they believe tells them that they are the judge, the jury, and executioner. So I'll be adding a few more personal examples like this, but we have to move the needle. This is Christopher Page, and this is another episode of Just Some Guy Talking. Hope you have a great day.